I don't know if I can take this seriously. <laughs> don't. That's not, the, that's not the point. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, well, if you do, we'll take the mick out of you. I went to a house in the middle of the night when the moon was shining clearly. I went to a house in the middle of the night when the moon was shining clearly. She answered the door and she let me in. I am here with teacups. Hi guys. And uh, this is the start of their uh, little mini series of um, kind of listen along listening clubs to uh, celebrate uh, 10 years of the band and also to celebrate the upcoming release of their much anticipated uh, new album. Uh, So today we're going to be having a listen through this, which is One for the Pot, the debut album from the Teacups. I'm remembering to show it to the right camera there. So we're going to have a listen through the album. I'm going to ask the guys some questions. Thanks so much for asking me to host this, even though it's one I didn't record. <laughs> I wondered how long it was going to take you to mention that, Pete. Yeah. I just thought I'd slip it in early. Slip it in early. <laughs> uh, so this came out in 2013, and I thought maybe just before we started listening to the tracks and discussing them, I'd maybe just ask you guys uh, kind of, uh, what the events were that kind of led up to the recording of this album, kind of how long you'd been together, where you met, all of that kind of thing. Who wants to go first? Rosie. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so we met, as most people watching will probably know, we met on the Folk Degree up in Newcastle and uh, in 2010. And I think it was something like the first week of the first semester that we got together and started singing. Um so yeah, it just sort of grew from there, really. So I mean, that sounds about right. Three years—that's like a time it takes to come up with enough repertoire to do an album. We built up roughly an album's <laughs> worth. Enough repertoire. Enough, enough repertoire. repertoire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it all—it all happened kind of by accident because it was actually in one of our um, lectures where there was the whole year group was putting together like a big band set and it was all very tune focused and then right kind of near the end one of the lecturers I can't even remember who it was said oh does any does anybody want to do any sort of singing bits and it was just our four hands and we didn't even know each other um at that point very well um apart from you know the usual fresh as week antics um <laughs> but um it, it just kind of came together from there and we that had a really suggests nice time something and... that I'm not sure you intended to suggest there okay. <laughs> no, it's, no nothing she's completely aware <laughs> why do you think I moved to America yeah. <laughs> nothing that I can remember which suggests there probably was yes um no it just it was just the four of us and we had a nice time and it got to the end of that lecture and we just sort of went that, that was fun can we do that again? And, and we did. In the heady early days, we kind of went, we should hire a practice room and try doing that on our own time. Yeah. <laughs> so then fast forward three years and you decide to record an album. So you've been, how long had you been, you've been gigging for a while then? Were you definitely a bona fide band taking it seriously? <laughs> or were you just, uh, you know, we've got maybe some free use of um, recording studios at uni, let's just do it or... Bit of both, really. Yes to like, both. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd done a bunch of... I, I didn't think it was as late as 2013. Well, well I, I, I guess, guess you may be recording it. it. Yeah. In like 2012 or whatever, and then it came we out. We did it over summer, didn't we? It was in summer holidays or something. That sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, I think we'd scraped together about 50p. So we were like, let's make an album. <laughs> so that must have been 2012, probably, summer of 2012, yeah. uh, I guess. Uh, and uh, yeah, you've drafted so, and I think, in... I think we'd done... We'd done, a, we'd done a summer of gigs and we just had lots of people sort of come up and say, oh, have you done an album? And we just went, oh, no. Um, and it happened often enough to want to do it. And I don't know about anybody else, but when we when we picked the name for the band, it was quite interesting because we, we ended up picking it just sort of arbitrarily. And yeah, yeah. Um, I remember one of our lecturers also said, oh, that's, that's not that sensible a name. And I remember at the time thinking, well, no, but, you know, lots of bands don't have very sensible names. And it just... it. At the time, I never thought, oh, we'll still be doing this in 10 years. Because if I had thought we're still going to be doing this in 10 years, maybe we'd have picked something else. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I quite like it still. Yeah, but, I do too. Um, I, it might I, have changed my perspective on it if I'd known how long it was going to last. But for one gig, but one, what I do remember is because we picked the name... Um, we, we picked the name while sat in a cafe, just pointing. Um, and it was actually... So for one gig only, we... we we were in the cafe pre a gig, which we just still didn't have a name for in this first gig. Um, and so we were just pointing at things. And we for one gig, we were called the Dirty Teacups, um, <laughs> which I'm glad we dropped part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was I think it was a, what made us really change our mind was a Google search and Urban Dictionary, I seem to remember. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Don't look it well, up just if, you to, uh, you know, yeah. if you want to, you know, if you want to not have that PG. image in your mind. Like, I think it's likely not. this will be uh, going out before the watershed. So let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. might be a Save... good time to, to move on. Save yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this the, the, the first track on the album is also pretty relevant to this whole story because um, it's As I Roved Out and... This was a one of the first songs we put together as a band um, for a St. Patrick's Day concert, which was our very first concert at the Sage Gateshead, and we performed two songs. Was that right? That um, right. Yeah. And this was one we put together for that concert, and so that, so th yeah, it's the first track on the album, but it's also one of the first tracks we did together. It's also responsible for us choosing the Dirty Teacups as our original <laughs> name, and you know, it's this whole song is a real good starter and. For many reasons, I think. Well, that's a beautiful segue, Al. It's almost <laughs> like you've done radio. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what a pro. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's a good, uh, maybe that's a good uh, starting point. So maybe we should, um, we should start, start the, uh, the album and, uh, and have a little listen. Who are you, my pretty fair maiden? Who are you, my honey? Who are you, my pretty fair maiden? Who are you, my honey? She answered me quite modestly, I am my mother's darling with me to Raya. Father little da, to dairy father little dairy oh. Will you come to my mother's house when the sun is shining clearly? Will you come to my mother's house when the sun is shining clearly? I'll answer the door and I'll let you in and if all the one will hear us with me to Raya. Father little da, to dairy father little dairy oh. I went to a house in the middle of the night when the moon was shining clearly. I went to a house in the middle of the night when the moon was shining clearly. I'm just remembering all the cheesy dance moves we do at gigs now. It's funny because I think this is the song that really grabbed me when I first saw you guys live. This is this was the one that made me go, yeah, these guys have really got something. This was like really early days of us showing off. <laughs> 
feel I I feel like this is the I still think that this is a song that we did the most with. Like there are people coming in and out all the time, and there's oohs and ahs all over the place, and you know, girls bits and bad bits, and all sorts of different things. And I don't feel like we ever did that again. And I'm not sure whether that's because this, I don't remember this one being that difficult. But it was hard to remember for me anyway what was coming next. And I don't know if we got to the other songs and went, oh, we're not doing that again. I think uh, you and I remember that only slightly differently, Kate, in that I remember it took way too long to come up, moving at a snail's pace, working out some of those sort of... uh, (laughs) Working out some of those uh, twisty bits. I remember as well, in the book where we had the arrangement written out, this one, we had a different colour on every single verse, like everyone was written out differently, so I think this one was green, like I just got that kind of like sense memory for it. When will you return again and when will we get married? When will you return again and when will we get married? When Pooh and Shaw's make Christmas bells, we may well get married with me to Raya. Father Little Da, today we're Father Little Larry. Oh, who are you, my pretty fair maid, and who are you, my honey? Who are you, my pretty fair maid, and who are you, my honey? She answered me quite modestly, I am my mother's darling with me to Raya. It's funny, you were totally right in that, listening back to that, it's you can totally hear us as a band like experimenting with all these things for the first time and we've basically yeah. put every single idea that we now <laughs> put across various songs, two albums worth of songs in one track. Yeah. <laughs> So that's just maturity, isn't it? But I think what um, when I first saw you guys and and you did that, you, you kind of that that track. You're right because it's clearly a set of people who are very excited about the prospect of kind of singing with like-minded people. And you've just gone, here are all of the ideas, and just really gone for it. And but really that was. made me, yeah. And this made me as that as a listener kind of go uh, quite excited as well about where you know two or three albums down the line would would be that was kind of the thing that i remember seeing and thinking about him and thinking uh these guys need a good producer and someone to (laughs) (laughs) i'll be honest i'll be honest (laughs) i remember that being the song as well where i remember that being the song as well where i was like blimey alex could sing really (laughs) (laughs) i also have a really funny memory of this one that we were singing at um a friend of ours, I think it was a 21st birthday party. And like, by the time that we went on, everyone had had quite a few drinks. And I remember we were singing that one and people were like, kind of like, half raving to it. like club dancing. Yeah, and like, it got to like a quiet verse in the middle and they're all sort of going like, get low, get low, get low, kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just in my brain constantly now. (laughs) I think as well, I think this is the one that we uploaded to MySpace in the really early days. and. Um, because no one was really using MySpace then, like six people listened to it and it was like number one on the MySpace chart yeah, or something. So totally. we continuously referred to it as our number one hit for quite a long time. Yeah. Oh man. Brilliant. <laughs> for quite a long time, I think for the entirety of our gigging career and any time we sang it, yeah. Uh, so we're looking at um, T stands for Thomas uh, next. Ah. 
Now, I do remember this is one that uh, Kate brought to the band, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I did, and you know but what? You muted the... yourself, Kate, but other I've than that, this is going quite... really smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I did bring it, and I just remember the beginning, I, oh, I was never happy with it. It's, I just don't think I did a very good job. <laughs> I, I'm not going to listen to this bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, will this work? <laughs> okay, I'll kick off two stands for Thomas. Now as I was a-walking on a May morning And sat down by a tall lofty tree for oh, that just I've got to make a comment about that little bit there, Kate. That bit, I love that little kind of swoon. Here it comes, here it comes. Find out something more about courting And his tea stands for Tom. I like it, I like it. You mute it again, but... J-O-N I just feel like that second line I could have done a much better job but This was the start of a, a long and prosperous career in Kate being convinced she can't sing as high as she can <laughs> Come and sit down with me together on the grass And me pretending I can sing a lot lower than I can green <laughs> It's a long three quarters Here it comes, Will. of a year, darling dear, since together you, you I reckon you could probably get that better these days, though. I think you just sound young. And his tea stands This is part of what I'm thinking just the whole time through this. I'm partly like, we don't sound any different. And then I'm also simultaneously like, who are these babies, you know? Like... stands for my sweet William. Because he is a clever young man. No, I'll not sit with you together on the grass. Not now, not I know it sounds weird to say for a harmony group, but I actually always really enjoyed a lot of the unison singing we did because I felt like I was lucky in the sense that all three of you seem to be able to have some area of overlap with me so I can I can sing in unison with any of you. And I always really enjoyed that, especially when there's bits where me and Will sing in unison and then split apart and then in reviews. The reviewers can't tell which one of us is which. Yeah, my, my when this album came out, I remember... Remember, um, that was some of my mum's feedback. There was, an, uh, there was a moment like that, and my mum saying, "I cannot work out which one of you between you and Kate is doing this bit." But yeah, no, unison, man. It's, it's, I, I do think it's really underutilized. Exactly. Well, I remember, I remember us like actually approaching this arrangement with that in mind because we were, we were like, I think, especially coming off the back of the first track we arranged, as I ripped out, it's so intense, and that the. Uh, Chorus harmonies were so luscious enough that wanted the choruses, uh, the verses to be similar, and I think it worked out quite nicely. J O N stands for John, and this double stands for my sweet William. Because to do that little kind of dropping bit, I've always liked that. Oh, you cutie! Go and climb a taller tree than that, and a for I think one of the reasons this one appealed to me is, is that, that bit that Rosie and I sing together. Well, I'm going to go and find a bigger tree than you've ever seen in your life. You know, that kind of 
I'm not really aggressive, but on the slightly raddy, you know, I always like songs with a bit of that. J-O-N stands for John, and it's W-E-N-M stands for my sweet William, because he is a clever young man. Oh yeah, a little bit of uh, dissonance there. Into that. Oh yes, that was my uh, my first flirting with the minor ninth. <laughs> and God, sorry, it's sorry, gone so- on forever. Sorry, suspended ninth. Sorry, I'm about to lose my uh, music nerd card. Because he is a clever young. Very nice. <laughs> I I have just remembered about that one uh, that we wrote a verse. Does anyone remember we wrote a verse introducing the band? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord, it's been I've forgotten years. how it goes. Uh, Who remembers it? A, I a stands Will. for Alex, I suppose. K-A-T. 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 stands for Kate. And W and E and M stands for My Sweet William, remaining unchanged. And Rosie is really, really great. Rosie is really, really great. I did not write that line, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'd forgotten about this album is that um, I think you just nail it with those first two tracks. I think it's for a debut and uh, that it really sets out like the rest of the album and the rest of a kind of career trajectory in many ways. I think it's just both of those two songs, I just feel so, so teacups to me. I was thinking that as well. They feel very classic us kind of thing. It's, yeah, the bread and butter, I would say. <laughs> well, in that case, that was a great listening party, and we'll see yeah. you next time. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's next? What's next on the list? I don't even know. Next. I can't remember. I mean, I can't remember the last time I even Same. looked at the cover, let alone listened it's to It's the Lincolnshire stuff, so. Poacher. Another, like another banger. Another banger. Okay, I will. In which case, I will kick off. This is just going to be a whole ten tracks of going. Oh yeah, this one's great as well. Yeah. We are great, aren't we? <laughs> but to be fair, like it, it's it's. Would I, I think that's probably the best of uh, yeah. the two situations. I'd much rather listen to our old albums and go. And be like, you know what? This is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. As, you know, the alternative being like, oh god, oh, I can't bear it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure that's yeah. going to come oh, real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lincoln Chipotle. When I was bound apprentice in famous Lincolnshire, full well I served my master for more than seven years, till I took up to poaching, as you shall quickly hear. Oh, tis my delight on a shiny night in the season of the year. As me and my companions were setting of a snare, T'was then we spied the gamekeeper, for him we did not care. Well, I'm just remembering a friend of ours who misheard that line every every time as oh, kinky pair, not gamekeeper. Just <laughs> <laughs> then I spied the kinky pair. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Louis, I just, actually. I just got cramp in my jaw. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, that's going to be an excellent game in gigs going forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I find a pressure within myself to go, well, what's going to be the, you know, the as I wrote out of this album or what's going to be the journey's end of this album? Like what's going to be the big weepy finisher or what's going to be the, you know, the the what's kind of more rambunctious. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. And like I'm just sort of noticing a bit more within myself, like maybe don't have so many rules about this stuff and just do the material you want to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, because you, you can't do these things. I mean, I completely agree with you. And in a way, when we sort of did the, the second album, we were a bit... Um, or was it the third? I can't even remember. Um, well, we've got another two to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it was a case of, like you say, what's going to be the this one of that album? Mm. And it's almost like you start doing it by numbers. Yeah. And mm. I think that's where things start to fall apart. And I think we didn't hold on to that idea too much mm. for too yeah. long because with that first album, it was just a case of, oh, there are some people who have said they'd like to do an album, so we'll do an album and they can buy it and then everything will be fine are you, we won't worry about it anymore are you yeah. ready for a, an alex uh, radio uh, production dj segue yeah let's we were do talking it. we were talking about <laughs> doing things different um and what you were saying about like we're looking for the next version of this on the next like on the next album and just the before next you track... uh, jump in with the next track yeah. al i just had a, a quick oh, okay. uh, comment i wanted to make sort of just building on something that was said earlier um, we briefly mentioned earlier that this first album was in the sort of pre-Pete days, and uh, this album was uh, actually recorded by the uh, by my eldest brother Anis, uh, who is also a sound engineer, who kind of agreed to do it for a song and that kind of thing. <laughs> hey, pun intended. Um, hey. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I remember him mentioning when we were talking about the album and sort of planning it all out and him saying like okay so it's it's just voices then it's all a cappella. there's nothing else no instruments nothing like that so like, yeah, yeah yeah it's all just going to be harmony singing and at the time he had an opinion where he was like mm, you might want to think about in the album fair enough singing it live but in the album you might want to think about adding in like some kind of instrumentation you know something just because you know the the ear will get bored of just hearing voices for so long and i really enjoyed proving him wrong <laughs> well when we come on to well when we come on to the other albums uh, uh in next week and uh and the week after um uh i'll i'll talk you through my take on that because it is as a producer and as an engineer it is it does throw you some questions um, to, to think about, uh, especially when so much of the rest of your time is geared around um, around the emotional arc of instrumentation, typically. So it, is, it did make me think quite a lot, but um, I'll save that for when, when it comes to the one-sided. Can I just add one more thing? The, the, the thing that, that bothered... Well, not bothered me exactly, but there's another thing that sort of stuck in the back of my mind after the first album, which we didn't really satisfy people with the second album is that people complained that it was too short so it had 10 or so songs on but it was only sort of 30 35 minutes um but the thing is you know we haven't got an instrumental intro we haven't got gaps between verses we haven't got an instrumental in the middle we haven't got an outro you know by nature a lot of these songs if you give them to a band give the same song with the same verses and the same version to a, a band that's got a load of instruments of course it's going to be longer you know you're going to get more out of that time wise because there's just more stuff um to more more stuff to use and more stuff to do so i kind of felt i 
I didn't really think about it too much during the second album and the second album came out not much longer either. So, um, you know, when we got to the third one, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more, you know, I'm quite, I'm quite pleased with the length of the track listing yeah. on the third one. This, this is what I was going to say. Like, I mean, it's... Even if it's all a big sort of setup in some ways. Yeah. Like, I was going to say kind of albums two and three, but I, I really enjoyed some of the things that we came up with to sort of address those issues and think about sort of the thing as more of an arc. Well. Yeah. Hold that thought for two weeks' time. <laughs> um, so, are you ready for a cheesy Alex Segway DJ moment? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bring it home, darling. So, <laughs> so we were talking about doing things that were different and um, talking about uh, the tracks that we think about on the next album, the next album, about what is going to be the equivalent. And this track, I think, was one of those biggest ones. Um, it's Ripples. Um, and it is a very different track. It's very dissonant. And I fully remember going into the second album thinking what is going to be our ripples of the second album and even to an mm. extent what is that equivalent again going to be in the third album because it is something that's so jarringly different in harmony making um does someone want to does someone remember things about ripples before we play it or should we play it well there's um let's it's, just play it yeah I'll yeah go, we can we can, always, we can always chat about it afterwards but it, this i think this one is is very much personal favorite of mine i, th- I think it's i think it's my favorite one on this album I think this is the one I'll probably be making the most uh, gross me singing faces <laughs> during. <laughs> I was trying to get them out before, but it's, yeah. <laughs> very high, very young Rosie. <laughs> Can this be love for I forever? How high were you when you like recorded the album? the snow for the summer. Will it melt away and wither? Ripples in the long grass Change in the sky Chance that I may be mistaken As the mist when morning wakens Dreams will flee and daylight break them. Ripples in the long grass changing. Rosie, did you just say grass? Sky. I remember there being some debate about how we were going to do the pronunciation in this one. <laughs> I think it would have been quite difficult to go uh, ripples in the long grass. <laughs> And so begins the start of many long conversations over many years. I'm just checking the album notes uh, for this one as well, and it says um, arranged the teacups and Andy Parr. If you want to tell us a little bit about that. So this was another. Um, me will and rosie no me alex and rosie in, in a group uh, with one of our course mates andy parr who's um, a fabulous human being and great uh, concertina player um and and also a tenor singer <laughs> and also a tenor singer so and i um, didn't take it personally at all <laughs> god i was worried this was gonna come up again uh. 
And Will, you know, we'd go and sort of, we had to put stuff together and Will was in another group and, you know, we, we put this together. And, Looking uh, longingly across the hall. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, Will's little puppy eyes from his other band go, that's my band over there with somebody else. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really weird. Because then Andy then taught Will the part that um, he put together. He did do a fantastic job, and it did mean that he did my work for me. It was also quite funny because around that time, Will and Andy like had a lot of physical similarities going on at the same time as well. They had very similar glasses. They had the exact same pair of socks. Yeah, we've, Will and Andy were having fights just constantly. No, right. <laughs> we've slightly we've slightly diverged these days. He's yeah. a very very glamorous man. Mm. But yeah, I, I agree. It was a little bit like kind of yeah. Yeah, there were times <laughs> in which this I was bizarro. Will. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, I love a tea to pee. The first of many Tiesta Piccadies. <laughs> Well, I, I do remember, Pete, like, we refer to you as, like, the fifth member of the teacups, but I do hate Aww. to break it to you that, that like, uh, Andy really was the was the fifth member <laughs> and you're the sixth. Yeah, so, he's the Pete best of the situation. Yeah, you're, you're just sort of the end. <laughs> hey, I'm in on the physical beef now, Will. Maybe me and you should rip it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the teacups that could have um... been. <laughs> There's quite a, quite a nice story about this one because I was quite glad you sort of asked a question there and we were talking because there's a note in that that's a really weird note in my part and I just, I don't know where it came from but we were trying to put this together in the ensemble lecture with Andy and um, I just couldn't find a part that fit that line and I just thought, right, we're going to sing it again and I'm just going to open my mouth and whatever comes out, we'll see how it goes. And... We did it and this weird note came out and I thought, oh God, you know, ugh. and just as I did it, Alistair Anderson, who, who composed the tune, came in, opened the three, the door open and went, oh, that's magic. <laughs> and, you know, if Alistair Anderson says that it's, you know, magic, you put, you, I just thought, oh, I've got to keep it now. I can't get rid of that. Yeah, but the but thing you... is, every time we did a gig, I had no idea what note was going to come out because I don't know how I found <laughs> it in the first place. And I, I could never quite... Because I'm not singing just because it just before it comes, I haven't got like a jumping off point in my throat already, and that because it's such a weird song, I can't kind of find the jumping off point in my in my mind either. So that note quite genuinely has been different every single time we've ever sung that song. I'm absolutely convinced. I have used them all. It can't have been different every time because there's only so many. Oh, well, I know. Notes. Yeah, I realised as soon as I said that, somebody, yeah. some smart Alec was going to say. Oh, but you know, it's it's. I think you'll find we are limited way. with the Western <laughs> musical system. Oh man! Uh, all right, uh, let's not give away what's up next. But let's. Uh, I'm just going to before you play it, Will. Um, I mean, those that obviously everyone who's watching this already knows what's coming next anyway because they know the track list so well. Uh, but I just yes. uh, thought we could introduce it with what you've written in the sleeve notes, which I liked as well, uh, which is for optimum results, turn up loud and sing your head off. <laughs> I like to rise when the sun she rises early in the morning. I like to hear them small birds singing merrily upon the lane. Very uh, 
subtle second appearance of my uh, my personal favourite suspended knife. In spring we sow at the harvest. We starting a suspended ninth drinking game. Do not tempt me. I was going to say teacup's drinking game. This is such a great idea. Yeah, but I wouldn't play it for the uh, last album because we'll be on the floor by the time. Rise when the sun she rises early in the morning. I like to hear them small. And even virtually, we can do the hideous teacup sway. Hurrah for the life of a country boy and to ramble in the new mown hay. In summer, when the sun is hot. We sing and we dance and Aww. Not yet husband and wife duo singing together. Sport and play and go rambling in the new mode hay. For I like to rise when the sun she rises early in the morning. I think the only problem with this one is I'm going to be singing this until we do the next one of these now. That's the general issue with this song. It, like, generally, it's just, it just, yeah, bit of an earworm. Because you're not so keen on this one anymore, are you, Alex? Nope. I, I wasn't that keen on it when we recorded it, but I was being happy. If we got a new band, we people want to sing this. It's so great. Uh, I got about three years into singing this song endlessly, and I was like, no, we're not doing this at gigs anymore. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I remember having a, quite a strong memory of um, putting together the arrangement of this one. And um, if, you, if you isolate my part out, it, it suddenly jumps like really high out of nowhere. And uh, I'll, I'll maybe come back to it once the song's finished so I can demonstrate what I mean. In winter when this is where it's winter, we sing gently and dark we and and we ditch our time away. But oh, it's summer. When the sun shines gay, we'll go rambling in the new mown hay. For I like to rise when the sun she rises early in the morning. I like to hear them small birds singing merrily upon it's the It's really interesting listening to this, not having listened to it for a long time, because you the country listen to it completely differently, you know, less critical. And it's really reminded me of how much fun we were having. Well, I was, I don't know about you. It was just so much fun. Singing all the time, and we had these practice rooms that were free, and we had recording facilities that were free. And it was for the country boy, and to ramble in the new moan. Putting this one together, and I think I I was writing my part. It must have been after a couple of the rest of you guys had already written yours. Because that I was is kind, kind of, of the standard. That's usually the way it works out. And I was working out where where I would fit into the mix. 
And for the first couple of lines, you know, I'm 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 right in the thick of it, you know, kind of right in the middle of it. And then we reached that third line, and all those spots effectively were taken. So I kept just having to just just creep higher and higher and higher and higher until I found a spot I could slot in. So like isolating my part out, it's like do do be do do be do do do. It's the weirdest part if you if you just look at that one. This is one thing I zero sense. One thing I remember about the early days of, uh, of arranging stuff together we were so fixated on filling out every single chord like yeah. particularly me and will because me and me and will are instrumentally chord players so we were just so used to filling out every chord as much as possible and like yeah. as, as the albums go on it we you hear that the, the parts make more lyrical sense individually because we're suddenly like okay a passing note here and there that are the same is absolutely fine for it not to be mental you know yeah. living that suspended ninth life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what have we got okay oh man babes in the wood so this is um this is one that I um I learned when doing a uh, folkwick summer schools which I went to between the ages of like 14 and 17 something like that. Um and I remember that it was one of those ones that I got taught with a harmony kind of attached to it. So I'm pretty sure that the parts that Will and I are singing in this are like here here's the Pre-made. part and here's the harmony and they were just kind of there there it is. And then um yeah, and then we kind of doctored it to add in other parts to it. So which I don't know. I don't know how obvious that is in the listening, but probably quite obvious. <laughs> Babes in the wood. Oh, don't you remember a long time ago? The <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> That's a we haven't listened to this in a while. <laughs> It's also such so a horrible slow. song. Yeah. We don't we don't sing this this slow. I don't remember ever doing it much faster than that. Maybe we did. No, no, I remember it being pretty pretty swooshy. Pretty big. Well in that case I'm in the basement oh, don't you I can't sing that low anymore, by the way. And the night's coming. Not that we're kind of taking the mick out of Sorry. it, though. I, I don't think it's. I think it's nice. It's got its moments. What our repertoire or this song? We're definitely doing the uh, world's most uh, miserable folk song justice here by uh, commenting over. It. Pretty babes in the wood. Pretty babes in the wood. Oh, don't you remember those babes in the wood? Now the robin's so so swiftly they sped they put up their wide wings and over them spread 
And all the day long the branches did throng. So sweetly did carol, and this was the song. Pretty babes in the wood. Pretty babes in the wood. Oh, don't you? I do agree that it's a nice, it's a nice arrangement. It's a nice song, but I remember singing it and just going, "Oh my goodness, I never want to sing this high ever again in my whole life." Because although I, I take your point, Will, that I, you know, I can make sounds of that pitch. I'm not sure I would call it singing. It's just, it's just not very nice to listen to. I don't like it at all. I think the reason why you remember it being so much faster is because you always just wanted to get through it as quickly no, as possible. No, well, I mean, to get, through, get to the chorus, certainly. I feel like the chorus is really lovely, actually. Mm. <laughs> I also think it's very interesting because as a band, generally, particularly in the early days, and it, actually I think probably both both the first and second album really don't have that much death, and most of our repertoire is pretty jolly and not mm-hmm. death-orientated, which is a miracle yes. in folk song. So I feel like having a song about three babies dying kind of really counterbalances that <laughs> yeah, somewhat, doesn't it? Yeah, for real. You've got to make it up somehow. <laughs> I remember that one was one that we would inevitably like be joking around a bunch and then realise we needed to introduce it and be like, oh God. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we've just uh, really not set ourselves up well it's in this a, situation. <laughs> it's a habit we've never really truly kicked. Yeah. Uh, we we always, do always tend to do the silliest introductions before realising we're about to do the saddest songs. Yeah. Well, and I think this is where we come into our own of these listening parties because we can talk while singing as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> can we go on uh, to the mo- next one? Oh, well, I was just going to interject at that moment because we're just over Ooh. halfway through um, the album and I just thought maybe um, you touched on it a little bit earlier. I um, can't remember if it was uh, you, Al, or Will, um, about just about the process and making this record. Um, so I just thought, given that um, when we come to the other albums, we'll have a probably a little bit more to say about that maybe it'd be good this would be a good chance to just kind of oh. talk about um if you kind of i think it's interesting with acapella so, albums whether you kind of all do it together kind of what your setup is that kind of thing really so i, I will jump in here because it's haunted it's haunted my brain ever since um yes. and it's still i still wake up in cold s- sweat sometimes but around a similar around the similar time we recorded the teacups album, I was recording an album with someone else at uh, some place somewhere. I can't actually remember. I'm not being vague for purpose. I just can't remember. But um, I had uh, this, using on this album uh, there was a use of um, click tracks and um, and like tones, so we could like stay on pitch and make you know make sure we can pitch really nicely. Um, and I was mostly doing it on the accordion. But so but I had such a bad experience. Use uh, on the, on this album recording with a click track and a and a drone tone thing, um, and I came sort of fairly fresh into recording this teacups album, going, "We are not using a click. We are not using a drone. We are not doing it. It's horrible. We should never be happen." And uh, as a result of that, yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah, as as a result of that, it's like if you uh, jump from the beginning to an end of a track quickly, you'll notice we've completely changed. <laughs> 
and it still haunts my dreams. Yes, because the only one that I actually remember—the only one I actually remember that happened significantly in was T stands for Thomas. Mm. And I remember having a conversation with someone who who shall remain nameless. Um, somebody else's album had come out and they'd done that, and they were sort of saying, "Oh, I don't think that's very good." Tall, you know, I wouldn't do it like that. And if I'd done that, I'd do it again. And I just remember thinking, oh God, please never, <laughs> you know, please never play T Sands for Thomas and then decide to play it again because <laughs> yeah. you will hate it. <laughs> Eye opening experience. The thing is, yeah. I feel like that probably happens more than we think on albums because, like, who does yeah. listen to the same song over and over again? I noticed this happening on a James Taylor album one time. There's a a cappella song that he does called Traffic Jam on one of his albums and he shifts like a whole tone down during it, but I don't notice it while it's happening so it's yeah, just you don't you know <laughs> yeah. if it's if it's an arrangement like some of the arrangement like babes in the wood is evidently very very low down in my range and so that kind of helps solidify that we're not going to really go down because if we can't go, go any down anymore can't i can't hit any the notes. Yeah. um but yeah there's some arrangements when we're singing closer together and we're sort of in the comfortable points in our ranges it does just go vroom. And this is sort of a fun there, challenge for people to do listening to the album there is, are yeah. there are times as well where we sing quite a long song and we get to the end and Will goes toot on his little toot pipe and um, technical <laughs> term. Um, and he goes, oh, we stayed, we stayed on pitch. And, and I'm like surprised because it's such a long song and there's been so many sort of changes or, you know, different bits coming in and out. And some people are very high, which throws you off or some people are very low, which throws you off. And we got to the end and, and we're still, or, or we're tired or something, you know, or it's at the end of rehearsal and we're still on pitch. And I just think, Wait, I think uh, we're going to have to it's going to have to wait until we do the listening uh, party for the second album because I'm pretty sure it's actually in um, in a rapper set but with pretty much all of our other or if, if that's going to happen we, we drift downward because you know you get tired and gravity does its work effectively <laughs> um, but like uh, with, singing it live <laughs> singing it live but um, with the rapper set it weirdly goes the other way and we, we drift upward and, we and because <laughs> my last note in Rapperset is very high indeed uh, when we get to the end and uh, and then we finish it. And yeah, there's been a couple, a few times live where, uh, where we finish it and then, you know, sort of while everyone's, you know, busy clapping or sort of chatting about the next one or whatever, I'll kind of turn around and get the little note and then just be like, yeah, we went sharp by like a tone, tone and a half. Like, thanks guys. Yeah, there really are... appreciate it. It's just fine. I think there that's are usually so many. my fault in fairness. Like, there it's are so many stories about this. Well, have to it's wait. just the increasing pitch of panic, isn't yeah. it? Is oh my God, am I going to get to the end of this without passing out? Or, you know? real. Yeah. Just back to Pete's question though, because he mentioned about mm. how we recorded it. Um, Did Pete ask a question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think he's drinking gin and we're sat here not drinking at all? <laughs> Just um, for, for those that are watching this, likely on a Sunday morning, we're not recording this on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's it's legitimate. Yeah, legitimate. yeah, Pete. Yeah, yeah, Pete. You can say it. Um, it's the other way to cope with you guys. Tracks, I was going to say, nothing wrong with a cheeky day lash. You know, nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> That's how, this is how I've got through the past seven years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. Um, but yeah, you mentioned about you know, just talking about how we recorded it. Um, and so we, the place we actually recorded it was at the recording studios at the university. I think you asked that question well earlier. We never answered about like part of it was that we sat, had this free resource. Uh, and mm. like Kate mentioned that people were asking for an album. We didn't have one. And we had this free resource at uni. We were like, well, let's just do it. 
Um, and it was just like these studios were not amazingly well soundproofed. They weren't they weren't like perfect for what we were doing. Um, but I seem to remember your brother Anise doing a pretty nice job of we had microphones each for ourselves, but also had a few room mics set up in the space, um, which worked really nicely. So like in hindsight, what would have been nice is probably to record, do do the same technique that we did, but record it in a nicer sounding room. Mm. Um, but I think Anise did a really nice job of capturing the sound of that room as much as they could. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember... Um... I think we 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 did definitely record most of it. I want to say in the university. I um, have a memory of going to I, Gateshead College as yeah, well. Yeah, because Anise at the time was um, doing some teaching at Gateshead College, and I remember maybe one or two recording sessions. And at the very least, we went there to talk about the planning of the album. Because mm. I have I have a memory of um of yeah the the recording studio in in Gateshead College and there was a there was a cajon oh my god in the back of the room <laughs> and uh Alex kind of you know we walked into the room and, and he said hi and then Alex kind of saw this cajon in the back and went ooh and like went over and sat on it and instantly started like you know playing something really high octane and like really high energy and then uh, and then he finished and Anis was just kind of like I've never heard someone play that well before. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a rattly box that people bash. So yeah, I mean, so I you, you impressed my brother. <laughs> I don't have any memory or recollection of that whatsoever, <laughs> but I can definitely say that sounds like me. I don't mind it. <laughs> I, think, I think it was the first time he'd ever seen someone uh, any, mute the cajon while playing it with their sock on their heel. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many socks still from the days of playing Cajon with a worn out, like, backs of ankles. <laughs> and I just haven't thrown them away for no reason. Oh, great. But you, anyway. must have, you must have a lot of odd socks, Alex, because half of them are still in my car boot from when we yeah. went out <laughs> staying places and you've left, you know, your pyjama bottoms or a toothbrush or something at somebody's house. I found, I found... up in my car. <laughs> I found one of your socks in our printer once, just like in the... <laughs> like inside it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> so with the risk of um, everyone else getting a little bit lost in... Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. ...where all these socks are, I'll just bring it, bring it also back to the question, which was, um, so you just all in one room, sang the songs... A, a, loads of takes or one or two takes, and then you just pick, pick the best takes and edit had... them and... I don't think we had time for loads of takes. I don't remember mm. singing anything more than like maybe, two or three times. Yeah, maybe, maybe like three times. At the most. I remember it not taking long, which like mm. with hindsight is a lot more impressive <laughs> yeah. than I remember it being you at the time. You guys must hate like... me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we did it. I think we did it in two and a half days, and that first half day was setting up and getting things ready, and then yeah. just two mm. like two afternoons and evenings. <laughs> it really was it. a whirlwind yeah, of an long. album. Yeah. yeah. And there was one song that that didn't make it as well. Do you remember we tried to do? I think it was Harriet Tubman. Yeah, mm. or oh, something. Yeah. And it just yeah. it just didn't come out right, did mm -hmm. it? None of us could really say, "Oh, this is what's wrong with it," or whatever. But it didn't come for together for some reason. It just didn't didn't sound right, and we decided not to put it on. I think each of the, I'm not sure about the third album, but definitely the first two have got like ghost tracks of like ones that should be on this album, but just weren't quite right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think all albums have that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. What's what's yeah. up next, Will? Next on the list, we have General Taylor. Can I, before you play it, I want to put mm -hmm. a little thing to this because we arranged this in person and we were aware that um, 
I led absolutely no songs whatsoever on this first album and in any of our repertoire. And so we kind of decided that, oh, Alex can start this. He's, he's got a strong voice. So he'll start with the sea shanty. Um, so, and in all performances, all live shows, I started this song and just sang the first verse. And that was the song I led, even though I didn't lead it any other time in that song. Um, but we came to recording it. And for some reason, I have no idea why. I just chickened out. We recorded it. I hated my voice. I was having a really bad day, apparently. Um, and so Will sings it. Um, and <laughs> of, um, it goes back. It goes back to Will's comment earlier of back in this day of trying to pretend he had a lower voice than normal he had to try and sing this part which was not made for him uh, because i was a grumpy and didn't want to sing it <laughs> I, I remember this i remember you coming to me on the day and being like will will i can't do it no you just sing the first line just just sing the first line just do it from them and me being like i can't <laughs> and so here it is yeah. General Taylor carried the day Walk him along, John, carry him along He won the Battle of Molly Del Rey Carry him to his burying ground Way, stormy Walk oh God, This is another one we utilised a lot of John, unison carry this one also seems slow to me now like i don't know if we do actually sing it any faster than this but it seems slow his burying ground we dug his grave with a silver spade walking really kind of must be just niche to me observation about this song in that, uh, because we were recording all of this developed what i think of as my shanty voice and this was before that so i'm listening to this now being like yeah i did not have a shanty voice then <laughs> i'm looking forward to when we do the third album one of these to discuss your shanty voice john carry him along which i believe is now uh, done in percentages of shanty hey man you only ever go full shanty once <laughs> Stormy sun, walk him along, John, carry him. No, I'm remembering this track doesn't not paint me in a great light in any way whatsoever. But uh, this is bringing back memories of what an annoying uh, swear word I was back in the day. Probably still am. But um, I remember when we approached this arrangement that I really, really was fed up of singing bass parts. And I was like, we are not, we need to make sure we do songs that do not have bass parts because it needs to sound different. And I seem to remember framing it in a way that, um, you know, it will artistically sound more interesting, in which case it does most, you know. I built me a ship of I'm pretty sure it was just because I was entirely fed up with just singing bass lines. And I was grumpy that I wasn't needing many songs. Thing, probably. And I think this is just a, a tour of Alex's divaness. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a better arrangement. I still really like it. I like the chorus, especially the chorus has a, a delicacy to it. Oh, I really like it, Yeah, I think it worked out well in the end, but it wasn't great in terms of I didn't mean for it to be any good. Story of Allos. <laughs> I'd pour a tot for every man walking my Hearing us sing tots there kind of makes me realise how much we've done together and understanding how each other sing. Because, like, live and even on recordings, like, our ability to sing our diction so closely together is amazing. And that was such a, like, moment. See, the reason we're singing this so slowly is just because we're desperately trying to make the album any longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past past Alex to think that was an idea. learnt about Alexander coming. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too as well actually. Yeah. So, so um like... I remember arranging that song. Um we were in the uh we were in one of the practice rooms and um it was you and me Alex sitting at the piano trying to work out kind of some slightly more interesting places to go like harmonically than just what you'd completely expect. And um I remember you put that minor chord in, you know, me, making it minor there. I remember that was one of the, f maybe not the first, but that was one of the first instances of me kind of like seeing you put that idea in and being like, ah, he's really good at this. me. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. <laughs> what was that? Uh unexpectedly kind about that will was that you said that was one of many instances where you went on to think of, which is well, then, yeah i gen mean genuine funnily enough i really like working with that guy <laughs> what's his name again <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you darling. oh, oh. <laughs> all right what's up next track is really interesting because this comes i think this echoes mm. various things we've talked about um Oh, Boringness. no, I know what it is. Yeah, well, no, it's multiple. <laughs> there's so many things. One one is uh, Kate complaining Sorry. about high notes. <laughs> Two is us having the uh, north-south argument about how we pronounce dance. Um, and uh, But also about arrange like the how we arranged it and how we approached it. And um, like thinking about the thickness of chords and stuff really is relevant to this song. Um, and this was also, I think, was this the other the other song in our first gig at this St. Patrick's? Thing. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it this was. Is an I this is an Irish version of uh, Dance to Your Daddy, which more people know of the kind of Northumbrian version. Um, yeah. Well, I'm not even sure they're related, no. actually. I think they just happen to have the same title. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Because I can't, I can't see any sort of... Yeah, there's very little yeah. to 
link them otherwise. But this really. is also the. But I did, I, I did sort of smugly enjoy the fact that people. I remember going, ha, oh, people will think this is the Northumberland. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's completely <laughs> different. And then we screwed ah, ourselves gotcha. over for the third album where we've got Dance to Your Daddy and we have to call it a different name so it doesn't yeah. get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the interesting thing about this, this was also our first foray into something vaguely original because Kate wrote some verses to this because yeah, I think. Very mm. true. Like, I would say wrote some verses in the loosest possible sense. I, th- I thought of, you know, three objects that might rhyme or go together or whatever, you know. But turns out but yeah, that's it was the first time I'd done that. Turns so. out that's all writing lyrics is. Three objects, some of them might rhyme. I've got news for you, like... Jack. That's songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okie Dance to your daddy, oh, dance to your mommy, oh, dance to your daddy, oh, my own pretty child, dance to your daddy, oh, dance to your mommy, oh, dance to your daddy, oh. This one's crammed full of the Alex Cumming patented chromatic bass line as well, isn't it? I'll buy my child a spoon, I'll buy my child a writing set and he can go to school. I went through a horrible, horrible period of getting too carried away with chromatic bass lines and singing out on my accordion. It was horrible. I know, having in, having worked on you on uh, where you play accordion, <laughs> Freudian too. much? <laughs> uh, having worked on records with you where you play accordion too, um, I enjoy hearing you sing like you're playing the accordion sometimes. <laughs> yeah, luckily for everybody, the style separated. <laughs> you can uh, you can cross off another square on your teacups bingo sheet on this one as well which is uh, me playing a game entitled we sing a chord and i work out what's the like the fewest number of someone move their part to make a different chord let's keep everything as same as possible and just one person move I feel like we overshot the whole how to pronounce dance thing here. I think I feel like it's gone too far. <laughs> dance. I'm also noticing that us in those um, choruses, the three of us, me and Will and Alex, are all finishing the word dance at different times, so it's going dance. Like. <laughs> I'll buy my child a pound of gold and I remember this one being particularly hard to breathe in, like which is why I'm breathing in weird places and going in weird places, like. My own pretty child. With the pronunciation thing as well, I, I seem to remember that Mean as the southerner ended up having to sing dance because you have to say it quickly, it's like dance to your daddy. And you guys, or you and uh, Rosie and Will, the northerners having to go dance, dance, dance. And so it was like a complete swap of the pronunciation. Dance to your daddy, oh, dance to your mommy, oh, dance to your daddy, oh. My own pretty child. I was also really sad in that one that we only all sung that end bit with all the words together once because it yeah. was like my favourite bit of the whole yeah, song. Absolutely. Doing those kind of slides down on yeah, the nice. words. They're yeah. really great. <laughs> so I um I was performing that song at uh, 3am last night to my uh, son Felix, who uh, was not sleeping. And I was there for an hour singing this bloody song so i don't like the song as much as i used to um but there was a, mem- a moment i remember you know that sort of state when you're tired enough that you're kind of vaguely aware of the world but not really sure 
Now, it's a really weird experience when you're singing a song. <laughs> because I have distinct memories of me last night standing there, leaning against the wall, trying to sing it to sleep and singing words that didn't really make any sense in the sounding <laughs> like, Dance, band, dance. Yeah, it was some, somehow very soothing, but. Uh, Surely, yeah. if there's any time you don't want him to be dancing to his daddy, it's there, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, this is right. I've been choosing the wrong song all along, haven't I? <laughs> At a point, he understands language perfectly well, yeah. and he's wondering why I'm getting mad at him because he keeps standing up and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you have to change it to sleep for your daddy or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, you know, these, these sort of like lullabies are supposed to be therapeutic for the parents and the kids are supposed to sleep, so maybe a few more swear words and things might make it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, what we got next? So what we got next? Oh, hitting the home straight. Okay, mm, we are on. Two left. <laughs> two, two to go. So this is the very first song that we ever arranged all together, I do believe. That wasn't forced on upon us by uh, the ensemble class. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Our first song together actually was... By broom besoms, by them when they're new, fine <laughs> hairs of red and better never grew. Yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah. It was, and it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It was Why ruined. Why did we never do that one? I don't. I'm not. Well, it's because it was ruined fan by of that like song personally. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And it was 15 other people playing instruments over the top of us. So you know. Well, it was 15 other people playing instruments and us, us four attempting to play our instruments along with it. <laughs> I think it's interesting to remember being the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, early early uh, ensemble was quite traumatic for me because I went in very much as a singer first and foremost and my second instrument was steel pan, which, you know, was very cool of the folk degree to let me do that as a second instrument. But I was not at that point used to playing folk tunes on it. So like when in ensemble, they were like, right, here's the tune, off you go. I was kind of like, oh, oh God. Yeah, and like, and I was I was just the same because I think we kind of bonded over that yeah. because I went in as a singer and my second instrument was something I'd been playing for about six months yeah. or something, you know, <laughs> not very long anyway. And I was mostly getting through ensemble by miming at the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But nothing, um, nothing else sounds like a steel pan, so it's really obvious when you're getting. Yeah, you can do that. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was either I was either miming or going. I'll just drone. I, yeah, I drone. Some, drone's uh, a great idea. You know, I'll just play one note yeah. all the way through. It's fine. I was the only um, accordion player in our year, um, but I, I. I'd only really played Morris dance tunes, so I played at a top speed of yeah da 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 you know. Um, <laughs> suddenly going to Newcastle, and I thought, I, I guess like we all did, thought, oh, English music will be, we're in England. And it was very, yeah. it was much more Northumbrian and Celtic heavy than I ever imagined. And so we went into that first session, and I, this is another reason, like you said, we bonded, because suddenly like, like this tune goes like yeah. this. Do you remember what one of the first ones that we did was? It was the it was the Flipping Lads of Annick. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even... That is so what? fast, I can't even it was in tell happening. the notes apart. It was in the key alone, of A. Like, it, was, it was key of A in 3-2, which is a meter I don't think any of us had ever experienced in our lives. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just all around a stressful experience. Oh. The, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think the four of us really bonded in that first semester. We all, we all of us developed a thousand-yard stare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, anyway, yes. <laughs> so the first song that we actually did together uh, outside of Ensemble is uh, The Jolly Rogues. In good King Arthur's day, when we served under the king, lived a miller and a weaver and a little tailor, three jolly rogues of Lynn. Three jolly rogues of Lynn. Three jolly rogues of Lynn. Lived a miller and a weaver and a little tailor, three jolly rogues of Lynn. Now the miller, he stole corn, and the weaver, he stole yarn. They seem a lot more stately than I remember. He stole broadcloth for to keep those three rogues warm. For to keep those three rogues warm. For to keep those three rogues warm. And the little tailor, he stole broadcloth for to keep those three rogues warm. Now the miller he drowned in his dam, and the weaver was hung by his yarn. My favourite bass line in all teacups history. The devil ran away with the tailor one day with a broadcloth under his arm. With a broadcloth under his arm. With a broadcloth under his arm. And the devil ran away with the tailor one day with a broadcloth under his arm. Now the miller still drowns in his dam, and the weaver still hangs by his yarn. That is the most happily sung moment of uh, hanging ever, isn't it? <laughs> he skips through hell with a broadcloth under his arm. With a broadcloth under his arm. With a broadcloth under his arm. And the little tailor, he skips through hell with a broadcloth under his arm. In good King Arthur's day, good King Arthur's when, day we when we served under the king, king, a weaver and a little tailor, three jolly tailors, three jolly rogues of Lynn. I still remember the sheer delight of us discovering we could do uh, like a family thing like that. We were like, we felt so special. Weaver and a little tailor, three jolly rogues of Lynn. I think you can tell by the way we didn't chat on all over that how much we like yeah. it. Well, for me anyway. I think I think that one that one's got a really kind of special place in my heart not just because it was the first one we did but <clears throat> also because the whole reason I got into folk music was because um because of my dad who isn't really wasn't really a folky I mean he just sort of bought a couple of folk records in the 70s which I then came across when I was a teenager um and he plays guitar uh, much better than he thinks he does um and he he kind of half remembered a couple of folk songs from from the sixties, when he went to a couple of folk clubs, and that was one of the one of the ones he half remembered. Um, so it was really nice for me to take that snippet that he taught me when I was quite young, um, or didn't really teach me. I just heard him singing, you know, um, very very occasionally, and then you know meet other people and put the other parts of the puzzle together. Um, and decide which bits from which version we were going to keep because we all knew versions of that one um, and I remember the bit that I really wanted to keep because I've never heard it in anybody else's version was the bit about um, the devil ran away with the tailor one day mm. and that was that was the line that I really wanted to keep in um, just to sort of have that link you know because I haven't got a lot of kind of familial 
musical links really in that sense so that was that was really important to me and it was really nice to be able to keep that mm. in I have a, a memory about that one but I, I don't know if um I might have told you guys about it at some point but it's it's kind of a, a a link that doesn't actually have anything to do with the band but there was um a friend of ours I have a very a very small chip on my shoulder about um I've always here wanted... we go brace yourselves everyone <laughs> I've always wanted to be the kind of person who regularly plays D and D, uh, and over the years, I've this like kind of I've tried I think joining. Anyone was imagining this, about, <laughs> no, right? <yeah. laughs> and I've tried joining a few different groups. And the very slight chip I have on my shoulder is, despite like a lot of kind of you know commitment, myself and dedication, the maximum number of sessions I've ever done before things fizzled out was two. And um, a friend of ours. Uh, wrote a a sort of self-contained one-shot campaign for us um that was like a really sort of uh, it was based on that song and that was kind of the twist that he you know we 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 picked up halfway through when we were kind of you know trying to work out this murder mystery of what had happened to these three people and one of them had drowned and one of them had hanged and there's that but like bless him he really tried but he really wasn't a folky like he didn't really understand so first of all he was there the whole time just like watching us just like just like waiting for us to get it and then also he was just like i tried to give you guys like rewards based on like the things that they made but i'm a level with you i have no idea what broadcloth is So yeah, so it's a one-shot D&D campaign based on three jolly rogues of Lynn. I think I understood about half of what you said, but I know yeah. if, if, if you already thought that you were, you'd entirely narrowed down your potential audience by becoming a <laughs> I think you've just you've just halved it again. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I, I live on a, a oh, narrow, narrow. I was going to say I feel like the the folky and nerdy Venn diagram is like more of a circle than most people think it is. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I'm into that, like, like extreme metal heads as well. Yes. I think, kind of yes. Weirdly yeah. well. totally. All right. Should we pull this ship into harbour then? Yeah. Very last Ooh, yeah, song nice. on the yeah, first album. Okay. Is there anything else we need to be talking about, Pete, before we do the last one? Have you got any other? No, no, let's let's play the last ideas? one, and then we'll we'll we s- we'll uh, we'll do a plenary at the end. Oh, that's <laughs> a word. Plenary. I haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the rain it raineth all day long. Bold Riley, oh, And those Normandy winds are blowing strong. Bold Riley O has gone away. Goodbye, my sweetheart. Apologies for the unsubtle entry there. Goodbye, my dear O. Bold Riley, oh, bold Riley, goodbye, my darling, goodbye, my dear, oh, bold Riley, oh, has gone. I think I just did a chromatic run, and that was horrible. I'm really oh, sorry. Anchors weighed and the sails are set. 
Bold Riley, oh bold I do think it's quite, I'm not saying it's bad, but I do think it's quite gratifying to listen to it and, and think how much better we are now. <laughs> will never forget. This is what I was thinking, I've always got really annoyed with artists who like, do like an uh, anniversary thing where they re-record songs they've already recorded Good and now listening to this album like i really get that now i can really see why you want to record it because we do it so much better now Might have, just, it, yeah. might have just gotten a hint of shanty there. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, he's almost like Alice goes, Oh, I'm allowed to swear. Bloody! Goodbye, my sweetheart. Goodbye, my dear. Well, there you go. Bold How's it? Goodbye, my darling. Goodbye, my dear. Oh, old Riley O has gone away. Cheer up, Mary Ellen, don't be so glum. Old Riley O. Stocking day will drink hot rum. Old Riley O has gone away. Goodbye, my sweetheart. Goodbye, my dear O. Old Riley O, bold part of that also goes back to what you were saying earlier about like that kind of like 60s 70s revival and i think that song was a real big yeah um, big song like closer song it has it it brings a lot of memories to people mm. it's also one of those songs that's so easy long secret time. track oh my god i've forgotten about the secret track suppose k stands for k and 
stands for my sweet William, and Rosie is really, really great. <laughs> wow, so... <laughs> I totally forgot we did that. It's so secret that even we forgot about it. (laughs) How about that? Totally forgot we did that. (laughs) Oh, amazing. That was a nice touch. (laughs) (laughs) That end. One for the pot. Done. And weirdly, we we didn't know what to call it and we did a Facebook page competition and I don't remember the name of the guy whose suggestion we picked, but we emailed him and said... We've picked your suggestion. Would you like a free copy of the album, which was the prize for being picked? And I don't think he ever got back to us, did he? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't so. know who it was or whether we ever got this an is, album, but we owe thing. that guy an album. <laughs> it was probably just some rando who just wanted to, you know, get in on the fun tea punning sort of situation and didn't actually follow the band or anything, you know? Yeah. Like... Well, if that, if that <laughs> was knows? you, if that was you, leave a leave a comment below. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we owe you a free album. <laughs> um how's it feel listening back to back to it all now? Do you do you do you feel proud of it still, do you think? Yeah, I'm def- definitely proud of it. It's a mixed bag. Like, you know, I'm 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 not going to lie. There's definitely bits that like I listen to and now and I think like it definitely sounds rough. But I think that like realistically though, I think it's it's a reflection of the start of a journey. If that, mm. I mean, that sounds a bit kind of you know. No, I agree. Twee. I fully agree. But like, yeah, it 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 sounds like the beginning. You know what I mean? And it's like, obviously, you know, you don't start at the end. You don't start fully realized. And I think I enjoy listening to it as a snapshot in time. And I think yeah. for me as well, I'm quite good at. I'm not very good at celebrating my achievements. I'm always thinking about what I haven't done rather than what I have done. So to have been able to take a bit of time and listen to something I did, um, even though it is sort of the beginning of of a journey and it's the first thing and it's got lots of things that are a bit rough around the edges and and things we do differently now, I have to try and bear in mind that I, I came to university with no formal music training at all and nothing really more than an interest and an urge to get over um stage fright that stopped me singing in a sing around and by the end of the second year you know we I'd learned how to sing in harmony I'd never sung in harmony before um and we'd formed this band and I was doing really well at uni and we'd released a flipping album you know <laughs> I yeah. by the end of my second year I had smashed all the goals that I'd set for myself <laughs> which were mostly just don't flunk yeah and, you know so even though now I'm going well what what will I do next? Who shall I play? You know, what what are my next steps? And and trying to keep it going or or do do new and interesting and innovative things. Um, I think for me, looking back at it and going, actually, that at that point in my life, that was a, a massive achievement, and I am I am really happy with it. I think being able to look back on it with that less critical ear of the time and and just listen to it as somebody else might. You know, I'm I'm really happy with it. I think it for me, it's just. Like, like you're saying, it's a snapshot in time, but it also, like you're saying, it's a, it's a great snapshot of time on our musical journey. But it also just brings back so many memories of us, like, forming our friendships, which has now been, like, 10 years. Like, that, that's... And there's so many... And we've, we've gone through a lot of wonderful moments. We've all gone through tough moments, but we've all, we've all been there and helped each other. Like, I, I have this one memory of the three of you 
turning up at my doorstep one day. I was going through a really bad moment of depression and I hadn't gone out. I hadn't bought myself groceries. And then, oh, I'm going to cry now, aren't I? But you three, <laughs> you three were just at my doorstep uh, with groceries and you just came and hung out and we sang and you brought me food. And it was like really mad. And that was around this time of the album. It was like about halfway through university. And mm. like, that... Was that the time we brought you a vegan haggis? It might have been. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, that didn't help the situation too well, but... <laughs> no, it just gave everybody wind. Now he's yeah. definitely going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you bring that up? I actually prefer veggie haggis to regular haggis these days. It's like nicer, I think. And but, here um, is a good snapshot of how teacups uh, conversations go from being poignant and almost crying <laughs> to I prefer veggie haggis. Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting emotional whiplash over here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> well, I think um, I think that's a, a lovely place to to leave it. Um, it's been really lovely to chat to you all about about this album, about um, a loads of sto- loads of stories that I didn't know, loads of things that. Um, that that I came came late to the party on, I think. And it's really interesting to kind of hear how you ended up there before, before I ended up working with you on the other two albums. Um, I guess for anybody that's really the kind of crazy kid that watches an album, listen along, but doesn't own the album, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, drop a, I'll drop a link uh, in the comments below to where you can pick up your copy of One for the Pot. Uh, and... Uh, and yeah, I think we'll just see everybody again at the same time next week to do it all over again for Of Labour and Love. And I think what I've really enjoyed about this conversation is um, we're going to really see kind of the next stage in the journey when it comes to that album and, and, and kind of things that we did differently. Meets Haggis. <laughs> exactly. You know, it wasn't that long afterwards, though. I was, I was just looking it up um, and we started demoing Of Labour and Love uh, at my flat in London. Uh, so that must be 2014. So it was only a year after after this came out. So uh, so yeah, I've like, got loads to talk about that next time. Yay. Oh, Thank yeah. you, Pete. Oh, thanks, thanks Pete. Thank you, everyone. This has been great. Goodbye. See, well. See you next week. Bye. 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 She answered me quite modestly. I am my mother's darling with me to Raya. Father little da, today her father little dairy. Oh.